Hello, and welcome to Episode 8 of the Metal Chat Podcast. My name is Melissa, and I'm coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm here with my trusty co-host, Mae Kitty, who is currently sunning herself on the floor. Before we get started in this episode, I wanted to tell you guys a couple things. One, I wanted to thank everyone who has liked, listened, and subscribed to Episode 7 and has gone back and listened to earlier episodes. I appreciate it. And I also wanted to let you guys know what's been going on with me. So I waited until I was all done with this before I um, made the announcement, but I tested positive for COVID earlier in the month. So I've been quarantined and I go back to work tomorrow and I'm doing, uh, I'm doing very well. But episode seven was done while I was at the tail end of my COVID and while I was still in quarantine. And that's why you hear that little bit of a lingering cough. Um, my symptoms were mild. I had a cold. Uh, I, like I said, I have like a lingering cough, but um, I'm very fortunate that it was it was mild. I work with the public. As my boss said, it was rather inevitable that eventually one of us was going to end up catching it. Um, but I'm doing well. And I have some interviews planned, but I needed to wait because I didn't want to interview anybody while I was still a little bit under the weather and coughing and, and sneezing and whatnot. So hopefully I'm going to be able to get back on track with that and reach, we reach out to these people and get this ball rolling. How this episode came about is because I was hanging around on my couch, flipping through YouTube, and I was watching a lot of uh, VC uh, vinyl collector YouTube channels. As most people know, I'm a vinyl collector, and so I enjoy watching these. And, and they're not just metal ones. I watch a bunch of different ones. And there's this YouTube channel called Tales from the Crate. And every year they do what is called a vinyl tag. And it's basically 20 questions and they put it out to all the YouTubers. And then the YouTubers respond, do an episode on their channel answering these questions. And it's basically a show and tell, which obviously I can tell, but there's not a lot of show here. You can go Google the album covers if you want. Um, the other thing that I watch is, and I've mentioned this before, is Chromium Dioxide Radio. I'm a big fan of that YouTube channel. And they did their own version of the metal tag, of the vinyl tag. They did the metal vinyl tag 2021. The questions are a little bit different. They're not exactly the same as the, the ones that have been going around. But um, I thought that this was a fun thing to do, and I thought that I would give it a shot. So um, my questions are basically their questions. There was a couple of the uh, legitimate vinyl tag questions that I've included in my list, but it's basically off of their um, the chromium dioxide metal vinyl tag. So without further ado, we are on to episode eight. Alrighty then. So we're on to this list. So the first question is a band whose music you love, but the vocals spoil it. So I went, I could go a couple of, couple of different ways with this, but I went with the band Arch Enemy. And part of the problem with them, well, part of the problem is I don't love extreme vocals. 
if I can't understand what you're saying, you've kind of lost me. But I really try to get into this band because I really like the music. I really think the music is great. When they first started, they had a male singer. And then, of course, they went on to have um, Angela. And now they have Alyssa. And I don't know if it's the fact that it's female extreme vocals. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I cannot get behind the vocals of this band. And I've tried. I've seen them live. I like them better live than, than, I, than I do like sitting at home listening to them. But I like extreme music better live because I just, maybe it's just the whole vibe of it all. It works for me, but I really like the band itself. I really like the music. The music is really, really good. So that's a band that I have a little bit of trouble getting into because of the vocals. Number two, album you love with bad production. Man, pretty much, <laughs> right? Every 80s album that's ever existed, the production is weak. Um, Carcass, speaking of an extreme band that I really like, their albums are notoriously bad, right? Um, and I don't know if they're kind of supposed to be, sort of like the Mayhem albums, how I think that they are they sound like they've been recorded in a sewer, and I think maybe that's the vibe they were going for. But I find that a lot of the extreme bands have kind of crappy production. And I and I and like I said, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, if maybe that's the whole vibe that they're going with, but... Uh, Sometimes that can be a little bit, a little bit annoying uh, for me, but I usually don't let uh, production get, I'll, I can complain about production, but I usually don't let it get in my way of enjoying an album. And then, you know, a lot of times now everybody's reissuing, reissuing and cleaning stuff up and putting stuff on CD. And uh, a lot of, a lot of the, the production problems are usually solved. Uh, number three. A band that suffers from a weak member. I was trying to think about this. You know, a lot of people will talk about Lars, right? Um, somebody was like telling me, can you imagine what Metallica would be like if Dave Lombardo was on drums? And Dave Lombardo was a better drummer than, than Lars Ulrich. But I'm going to go with Motley Crue. I'm not a huge, huge Motley Crue fan, but I really liked the first couple albums. And I've seen them probably... I don't even know how many times throughout the 80s you always went to see them. It was always a fun night out. But Fitz Neil is definitely the weak link in that band. And while they can make him sound better on, on the albums, live it is so obvious that he's not a singer. And yeah, I know David Lee Roth's not a singer either, or a great singer, I should say. But he's much a much better showman, and so he can kind of get away with it. He can kind of we can kind of pull that off, I think, more than more than Vince does because the rest of the band is really good. So I, I'm gonna go with them. Uh, number four, album that defines heavy. So when I think of like heavy metal, one of the things that comes to mind, one of the bands that comes to mind, excuse me, is the band Motorhead. They just ooze everything that you think of when you think of just metal, you know, just the, the whole, just the sleaze of it, the, 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 just the whole attitude, just the whole look, the whole, everything about Motorhead is metal, even though they're not like in some, in some people's minds, an actual metal band, including Lemmy's, right? Lemmy didn't think of, a, think of them as a, as a metal band, but they just personify that. And the next band that 
personifies metal for me is venom. The first time you hear Welcome to Hell, you're like, what the, what is this? It's interesting that in t by today's standards, it's not considered super heavy. But back in 1981, that was some heavy shit. That was heavy shit. And we were like, wow, these people are, this is just insane. So for me, that really screamed metal. Uh, let's see, where are we? Number five, album recommended by someone else. I'm going to go with Power Theory, uh, the, the album Force, The Force of Will. These people are out of Pennsylvania, and for some reason I had never heard of them. And then um, one of my Facebook friends, Tom, who's in Milwaukee, I believe, posted this on his page, and I posted one of the songs on the page, and I checked it out, and then I went to Bandcamp and bought the album. Um, they're power metal. They're really good. Um, what's his name? Um, Pete from Iron Savior actually does a does some vocals on that album, does like a guest vocals on that album. So if you like power metal and you like, then you would definitely like them. An album that shows a different side of you. I could go a lot of different ways with this because I listen to a lot of different kinds of music. A lot of people are surprised to find out that I'm a really big Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young fan. Um, or even just a Crosby, Stills, Nash fan. I love that stuff. And I own quite a bit of their albums. I was just, um, I was just listening to Daylight again the other, the other day, and it's just, it's so good. Um, the song Southern Cross is, is just a perfect song. Just, just, a, I love that song so much. And I just, I love, uh, the way they harmonize. I just, I love, I love everything about them. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of them and they're certainly not metal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, a gem from your collection. I would, I have a lot of gems in my collection. I would say that all of my maiden seven inches that I have and 12 inches, my, all my singles that I have, they're sort of my pride and joy, my picture discs. I love them so much. They're my babies. A band from where you live. So I was going to, you know, everybody knows Aerosmith is from Boston. So I thought that I would uh, pick a more obscure band and a more metal band. And I went with Sam Black Church. Now, they're actually defunct. Um, but they are a metal band from Boston and they were pretty big in the nineties and, uh, they played a lot with clutch Clutch used to come up here in their early days and play around town. And they were always playing with tree and, and Sam black church. So I highly recommend that you check them out. If you like, if you like metal, well, obviously you like metal cause you're listening to this podcast. Uh, number nine, a metal album with melody. Again, I'm going to go back to arch enemy. Every single album. I'm not even going to pick an album. I'm just going to tell you that. Check them out. And yeah, I know the vocals, the vocals. But if you can get past the vocals, I think you will really, really like the music. Number 10. What subgenre What subgenre would you be cool with deleting? This was not that hard. I do not care for new metal. Now, that being said, I will tell you that I am a Slipknot fan. I love early Slipknot and I own some new metal uh, that I got when it came out. Some Deftones and Papa Roach and Corn and all that kind of stuff. But by and large, I don't care for new metal. It's not really my thing. 
It's not really not really my jam. Um, uh, uh, I did that one already. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> oh, number eleven, album you would sell first. So I'm not selling any of my albums, which brings me to a little story. I have a lot of albums and I had a lot of CDs. I had like so many CDs, I had nowhere to put them all. And many years ago, probably about 10 years ago, my friend uh, Lynn, who meant well, said to me, you know, you could just sell these, put them all on your computer, sell your CDs or your albums or both and uh, make some money. You know, nobody's doing physical music anymore, blah, 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 blah. And she caught me at a weak moment. And I didn't get rid of any of my albums, but I did get rid of a lot of my CDs. I Obviously, I downloaded everything. And I didn't get rid of, like, any of my old Metallica. I obviously, I got rid of none of my Iron Maiden or Judas Priest and stuff. But I got rid of a lot of stuff, including, I mean, including a lot of stuff that was, like, some new metal, some, um, some alternative stuff. Um, and even though... There might have been a lot of stuff that I don't listen to on a regular basis. I really, 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 really wish I had not done that. Even though I made like 500 bucks, I really wish I had not gotten rid of my stuff. So I'm not really into selling my stuff. Um, if I have like two of something, because I have done that, because I'm stupid, <laughs> I actually have done that. I actually bought something and then forgot that I had it, which is not good. And then I, and then I did so. And then I actually, funny thing is I sold, uh, this is not an album. It's a CD. I so, just sold a CD on eBay and it was a Slipknot CD. And the reason why I sold that CD was because I had, when the gray chapter came out, I had ordered it. I had pre-ordered it and you know, they ripped it and then you got, you got the thing. And then I got it. And then a bunch of people bought it for me for my birthday. So I got like, I had like a bunch of copies of it and I had like a, the regular one. And then we, I had like two deluxe. I don't need all of that. I don't, I don't, I, I didn't need all that. So I kept one, the one deluxe, um, CD and, and it's been ripped onto my phone or my computer or whatever. And then I sold the other one. And then the other, the other, the, the album, I kept the album cause you know, it's, it's not the deluxe album. It's just the regular album. Uh, because it's the album. Um, so where are we? Oh, a band or artist you would like to see reunite and do an album in 2021. So I am going to go with now there's another, there's another question here about, um, which eighties bands do you want to get back together? And that's kind of like the same question for me. The funny thing about that is I would have said, Sirithungal and Angel Witch, <laughs> both of them did get back together and did release new music. So I'm going to go with Sotelage. Uh, they're an 80s band. They had three albums. Well, technically they had the EP and then they had the two full lengths. They're French. They're, I don't know, they sort of, they're French, but they're sort of a new wave of British heavy metal-ish. Anyway, I really, really, really love them. And I've never got to see them. I don't know that they ever even played the U.S., to be honest with you. But I really do like them a lot. And I saw that they played, they got back together in 2019 or 2018. I think it was 2019. And they played the Keep It True Festival in Germany. 
but they haven't released any new music. So I would like to see them get, now that they're back together, I would like to see them put out some new music. And I would like to see them do a French language because I think that the best stuff that they did was the stuff that they did in French. So I would like to see them do in 2021, a French language new album from Sotelage. Uh, that was number, so that was number 12 and number 13 kind of together because it's the same answer. It's the same band. It's, it's answer to, to both questions, to the both questions. Number 14, show your most metallic album cover. Now, obviously you guys can't see, but I will try to describe this to you. Uh, probably the most, one of the most, uh, I could go with any of the Cannibal Corpse album covers because they are so sick, <laughs> right? And when those came out in the 80s, people were like, what? I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. And nobody's displaying them in their window, right? It's just, it was horrific. People were just horrified. Um, but a newer album, because uh, now people are a little more, more or less desensitized to a lot of the stuff, the 80s that seemed totally shocking. But I would absolutely go with Necrot, uh, the Blood Offerings album, which I think came out in 2015. I have to pull the album out and see. Anyway, I just got the reissue because I subscribed to the Gimme Metal Vinyl A Month Club uh, a few months ago. And that was one of the, um, the reissues that was sent out. And it was beautifully done. It's all embossed and, and, uh, the, um, colored disc is, uh, like a lime, sort of like a slimy lime green. And, uh, but the album cover is like sacrificing babies, which I know, I know not cool, but it's just like a really metal looking, <laughs> a really metal looking album of, of these people like great cradling these babies up to the up to the altar to to, to sacrifice them. So uh, it's it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty metal looking album, if you ask me. Um, an album that you used to dislike, but now you like. And again, it's not really an album, but I'm just going to go with like a whole kind of genre, and that's glam metal. So I never disliked glam. It just never was my go-to. I used to go to all the shows in the 80s. I saw everybody. And I kind of looked glam. It really kind of looked like I belonged in a, an 80s video. I was like a video vamp. But I never really like bought the albums. I would go to the shows and stuff like that. But I never was really, really like buying the albums. I don't own any Poison or... Um, the later Motley Crue and stuff like that. I never really got into that. And, and then all that other, those other bands that came around, like, you know, Firehouse and Warrant and whatever, all that other stuff that kind of all sound the same trickster and all that. I never really got into that. But there's a, there's a show here in uh, New England. It's in Rhode Island, out of Rhode Island. And it's called Metal Zone. And it's a, um, a heavy metal show. And it's been around for like, I don't know, 35 years or something like that. It's, um... You can listen to it on uh, WHJY, which is the rock station, terrestrial rock station in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. It's an iHeart. I think you can, if you have your iHeartRadio app, you can listen to it. It's Sunday night, midnight Eastern time. It's three hours. 
they play a variety of metal. Um, last night they played a, kind of a lot of, they kind of leaned towards the extreme last night. So they vary. They, they play power metal. They play, they don't play any glam metal. But, but the reason why I'm telling you about them is because on HJY leading up to them is the syndicated radio show from uh, Twisted Sister frontman D. Snyder. And apparently he's been doing his show since 97, but I've been listening to it for, I don't know, maybe the last four or five years, I guess. And I stumbled upon it because I was getting ready for Metal Zone and I catch would catch the last hour, the last couple hours of the show. It's something like nine to midnight or something. And when I listen to the show, and I don't necessarily hear the whole show, like I said, I usually catch maybe the last hour, sometimes the last two hours. If I have to be to work early in the morning, I might go to bed and I might put it on and lay in bed and listen to it. But what I realized was that I knew all these songs. I knew the words to all these songs. Uh, I, I knew all the... I, it's a soundtrack to my my 20s. So I would say that maybe I like glam a little bit better now than I did. Although, to be fair, I always liked Wasp. I always liked Dawkin. I always liked LA Guns. There were some bands that I that I um that I always liked, but I think I have like a fonder fonder memories of glam than I than I than I think I like it better than I did when it was out when it was around and and that could be more nostalgia because there is some of those songs I listen to the D plays like oh yeah this is why I didn't really like this music <laughs> um so a band you used to love but not now so this isn't that I don't like this love this band well I'm going with Metallica the thing about Metallica is I used to love 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 Metallica the first four albums un touchable right untouchable and then of course uh they did the black album which was hugely successful and uh, brought them into the mainstream and all that when i first heard that album i hated that album I, I like it a lot better now than i did when it first came out but uh when it first came out i was like what is this this is awful this is terrible but there's songs on there now that i i i do like uh, and, and that have grown on me. And, and so I, I do, uh, I do like that album. Speaking of bad production, right? You can go with St. Anger, bad production on that album. And, uh, even, even, uh, people will talk about the production of, of, uh, Justice for All because they, they turned down the bass. But after that, after I, now I've saw them, I've seen them. I see them every time they come around, mainly, you know, in the, in the, in the hopes of that of them playing Whiplash and Battery and Four Horsemen, but I kind of I kind of lost interest in them. You know, I I I gave Load and a try. I have that somewhere. I never even bought Reload. I, I didn't even buy Saint Anger. I have Hardwired, which is kind of harkens back to um, old school Metallica. But I don't know. I just kind of fell out of love with them. I don't hate them by any stretch. And I will see them every time they come to town. But I don't love them like I used to. And when I'm listening to Metallica, when I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to hear some Metallica, I'm going for the first four albums. And I'm probably going for the first three albums, to be honest with you. That's that's my favorite era of Metallica. Uh, a metal band that deserves more recognition. Speaking of Metallica, I'm going to go with Angel Witch. 
Angel Witch, uh, they're a new wave of British heavy metal band. They're criminally underrated. Their first album is a masterpiece. It came out in 1980. It was kind of overshadowed by bands like Iron Maiden. If you are not familiar with these people, you need to get familiar with these people. Oh, and the song Angel of Death. Yeah, you might know it better as For Whom the Bell Tolls. Uh, because it's For Whom the Bell Tolls is pretty much a ripoff of that song. Uh, so definitely Angel Witch. Um, an alternative album cover. <laughs> so if you have any uh, any Scorpions albums from the 70s and 80s, right? They, they, they always had to do alternative album covers or they had to cover them in the red, the red um, paper, uh, you know, <laughs> because they were always suggestive and, and uh, offensive to people, you know. Um, and, uh, and everybody who's my age might remember, and those of you who are listening to this from other countries will remember that there's an original, and I have the original album cover of Slippery When Wet, the Canadian uh, one, which was the wet t-shirt. And then in America, they had to change the cover to that, the, the, the Slippery When Wet, the yellow caution sign that says Slippery When Wet. And that's Bon Jovi, by the way, in case you didn't know whose album that was. Um, your Holy Grail album. So this is, this is uh, the album that you're looking for, that you want. And I don't know why I never got the Soundhouse tapes. I don't know how that happened. So I would absolutely love, love, love to have it. Now you can go online and you can find some bootlegs and some questionables and all of this kind of stuff. If you want like the real thing, it's going to cost you some money. And uh, yeah, I got to, um, I really, really, really want one. I, um, when I was in the UK in 2018, I should have just gone and see if I could find one there, like a legit one and shelled out the cash for it. But, uh, you know, you have to be careful on the internet. You know, if you're dealing, even if you're dealing with eBay and Discogs, you know, you have to be careful that people are not shady. So that's an album that I really, really want. If anybody has a real legit copy that they want to sell me, message me and we can hash out a price. Um, 2020 Discovery. So <laughs> I go on and on and on. Matter of fact, episode seven made mention of a lot of the discoveries that I made in 2020, partly because I had a lot of time on my hands because I wasn't going to shows. And uh, so there's just a, a laundry list of bands that I was turned on to. Um, I, I highlight the band Witch Hazel, which I, I really, I really like. I made mention of them in episode seven. And another band that I like that I discovered in 2020 is a band out of Texas. They're out of Austin. They're called Sniper 66. They're not a metal band. They're kind of a punk pop band. If you like Dropkick Murphys, then you'll like Sniper 66 because they basically sound like the Dropkicks. They look like a fun band to see live. Uh, Quarantine Purchase. There is not enough hours in the day for me to list all of the stuff that I have bought in 2020. I mean, I tend to buy a lot of music anyway, but this year I went off the rails. But uh, two bigger purchases, I guess, that I made is I bought the uh, a Judas Priest box set. 
And the other thing that I bought is the UFO box set for Strangers in the Night, the deluxe reissue that, that came out. Um, I actually bought that in 2020, and I'm still waiting for it because I had to buy it in from people in Germany. And so I'm waiting for it to get sent. But I'm a big UFO fan. And um, if Dr. Doctor is the only UFO song that you know because of Iron Maiden, you need to get a, get into these people. And when that box set comes and I'm able to spend some quality time with it, I might do an episode just on UFO, Strangers in the Night, one of the greatest live albums ever. Michael Shanker, one of the greatest guitarists ever. Just a fantastic band, fantastic guitarist, fantastic album. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So that is my metal vinyl tag for 2021. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, let me know. If you didn't, let me know. Let me know what you've been buying and listening to and maybe uh, do your own uh, metal vinyl tag and let me know what you, uh, what you think. You can reach me on Twitter at MetalChatPod, M-E-T-A-L-C-H-A-T-P-O-D, or you can email me metal melissa podcast at gmail.com m-e-t-a-l-m-e-l-i-s-s-a-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com that's it that's all i have for you now today i'm going to go watch some football and until next time be well editor's note i wanted to let you guys know that metal zone airs on whjy on sunday mornings 12 a.m. to 3 a.m., so Saturday night going into Sunday mornings. I also want to let you know, I technically own St. Anger. Actually, I own St. Anger. I just didn't pay for it. Somebody gave it to me. So that's how I know the production is kind of wonky.